The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you about by what authority I am doing these things. <clears throat> what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said, to the, said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes <clears throat> are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, you are God's holy people. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel lesson today clearly raises the issue of authority. It is a question that continues to demand our attention. Authority means the right to exercise power and to expect obedience. The leaders and elders of the temple questioned Jesus about his authority to teach and to heal. He answered their questions with a question of his own. He wondered what they thought about John the Baptist. Was his authority to baptize from heaven or of human origin? The opponents of Jesus were not able to answer because they knew that the people considered John to be a prophet sent from God even if the religious leaders in Jerusalem refused to believe. <clears throat> to illustrate their hardness of heart, Jesus told a little story about a father with two sons. When asked to go to work in the vineyard, one said he didn't want to go, but then he thought better of it and went. The other was outwardly affirmative, but he didn't do a thing. For Jesus and for us, this is an illustration of the kingdom of heaven. There really isn't any question in our minds about which child we want to be. We would all like to be considered obedient children, children who please their Heavenly Father. For a Christian, our desire is to submit to the will of Christ. But all too often we come up short. 
We're left clinging to the compassion and steadfast love of God to lift us up and give us another chance. The reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians opens up a marvelous way of seeing the authority of Jesus. It can also help us in our desire to live as obedient children, willing workers in God's vineyard. One of the great questions in history, in the history of theology, is the question, why did God become human? I think it was Anselm who first formally posed this question. In Latin, it is cur deus homo. Chapter 2 of Paul's letter to the Philippians talks about God, the Son of God, becoming human. Christ was in the form of God. He had the same substance, the same being, yet he did not keep his equality with God to himself alone. Paul writes, but he emptied himself taking the form, same word as above, form of God, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This this is what it means to put the interests of others ahead of your own. For God's greater glory and our benefit, Jesus was willing to humble himself and endure even the shame and pain of death by crucifixion. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's authority. Jesus is Lord. For a Christian, the wonderful truth of God's grace is that Jesus, the Lord of all creation, loved me and you so much that he went to the cross so that we could belong to him. As Lutheran Christians, we ought to remember the words of the small catechism concerning the second person of the Holy Trinity. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, Son of the Father from eternity, and true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. At great cost, he has saved and redeemed me, a lost and condemned person. He has freed me from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with silver or gold, but with his holy and precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. All this he has done, that I may be his own, live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. Why did God become human? So you and I could belong to him and live under Christ in his kingdom. At the risk of being misunderstood, I need to say that God did not become human so you or anyone else can go to heaven. While eternal life is God's gift for all, to all who believe, Christ lived and died and was raised from the dead so you and I can belong to him now. When Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, he's talking about our life together in Christian community. Now, today, Paul is telling us it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
What an awesome gift God has given us in holy baptism. We who have been baptized into Christ have been made members of a redemptive community. At the heart of this community is the cross. God was at work in the self-emptying love of Christ, and God works in us as we come to the cross to receive the mind of Christ. In our reading today, the words humility and obedience are applied both to the work of Christ and to our working out the salvation we have been given. The Apostle Paul presents a very inspiring description of the qualities that are present in the redemptive community that the Holy Spirit has formed. In the opening verses of Philippians chapter 2, we read, If then, we could also understand this to be saying, Since there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any, and sharing in the Spirit, and compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Such qualities as these, encouragement, consolation, koinonia, compassion, and sympathy, which all flow from the mind of Christ, make our redemptive community a little bit of heaven on earth. Any community that exhibits such qualities would be a joy. The most basic community that we experience is the family. For that reason, I've often used these verses in marriage ceremonies. I tell couples that it is necessary to work together to build up and maintain a relationship. Likewise, enjoying these qualities in our Christian communities requires faith and obedience. I believe it means coming to the cross, living out our baptism daily. That's why Paul goes on to say, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. When Christians practice the mind of Christ through humble service, when we live out our baptism in daily life, God is at work through us to make the love of Christ known in our world. Amen.